everybody, get ready for an informative episode from Parents' Rights in Education. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and I'm looking forward to our time together. We stand and defend the fundamental rights of all parents to raise their children, and firmly believe children belong to their families, not the state, not the teachers, the teachers' union, or any other bureaucrat. I invite you to visit our website, Parents' Rights in Ed. Dot com. Sign up to receive our news alerts. Like our Facebook page. So much information is shared on this page. Get up to speed with the latest national news. Join us. Join or form a Parents' Rights and Education Affiliate Chapter. Making your voice heard is always easier with others. Just grab a couple friends and you're there. We will help with training information, branding, and contact referrals. Let's start a Facebook group for you. Submit the chapter inquiry form on our website, parentsrightsined.com. Welcome to Parents' Rights Now. I'm Suzanne Gallagher, and this is part three of Transgender Ideology and Your Public Schools. Everyone wants to believe this is not happening in their local public school, but chances are, because it is often hidden, subtle, or your student just doesn't want you to know, you don't know. Gender identity, as it's referred to in Comprehensive Sexuality Education, or CSE, is required teaching beginning in kindergarten in states across the country. CSE is designed to change traditional sexual and gender norms of society. Controversial behaviors are taught to minors, including details of anal and oral sex, mutual masturbation, and gender options. Even in light of known negative physical and emotional health outcomes for sexually active children and age of consent laws, minors are told they have a right to have sex early and often. And that, oh, engaging in sexual behaviors should feel pleasurable. During the first week of school, a Lake Oswego, Oregon mom was shocked to hear her five-year-old son ask, Mommy, what's gender? Teacher says I can wear a dress. Ever since mandatory K-12 CSE was passed in Oregon law in 2009, these and other forms of controversial curriculums have systematically been introduced into school classes. In 2018, another mother of a kindergartner in Westland Wilsonville School District told me of her experience chaperoning a field trip to the Portland Children's Museum for a special play. She was so thankful she had attended with her child, as the play title, My Princess Boy, featured a narrator reading the book of the same name. He talked about being God and loving all children. The book says, quote, Dyson loves pink, sparkly things. Sometimes he wears dresses. Sometimes he wears jeans. He likes to wear his princess tiara even when climbing trees. He's a princess boy. The description, quote, inspired by the author's son, by her own initial struggles to understand, this heartwarming book is call for tolerance and an end to bullying and judgments. The world is a brighter place when we accept everyone for who they are, unquote. 
The reason this mother was glad she went along is so she could debrief and explain to her daughter she is a girl, and no matter what she is told by others, she will remain so because God made her that way. Are your children getting messages like this? Just to be clear, Pre does not condone bullying of any kind to any student, period. We have more reports to share about that specifically. You may think to yourself, well, California is much worse, right? Especially since parents have been so vocal of late objecting to new legislation requiring CSE. Same goes for Washington State. Parents are furious to learn of the recent passage of K-12 mandatory CSE and just finished a huge push to repeal the highly controversial law passed by Democrat legislators, even though 3,000 parents protested at the Capitol. Oregon, over a decade ahead of their sister states to the South and the North, is considered the most progressive in this arena. In 2009, Oregon passed legislation requiring K-12 comprehensive sexuality education, requiring each school district shall provide age-appropriate human sexuality education courses in all public, elementary, and secondary schools. This law also states information is to be medically accurate, promote abstinence and mutually monogamous relationships, and encourage family communication and involvement to help students learn to make responsible decisions. All sounds so good. After passing legislation, the Oregon Administrative Rules, or OARs as they're called, are written by agencies who provide additional detail or defining of the requirements of a statute or a law. In 2012, the Oregon Department of Education, or we call it ODE, made revisions to their OAR, Human Sexuality Education. These new revisions required the use of best practices, age-appropriate, balanced, medically accurate, and current scientific information and effective education strategy. So they provided all the detail and all the defining for this new law. ODE passed these 2012 OAR revisions without public input as a consent item. Oh, that's code for combined agenda items approved without discussion or individual motions. After passing the consent items and Adolescent Sexuality Conference in Seaside, Oregon in 2013, Brad Victor, ODE's sexuality and student health expert. Bingo, boom. We have the most progressive sex education in the nation. So, as much as parents would like to avoid recognition of the political nature of public schools, it's time to face the music, get a grip, and get involved. It's cray-cray for sure. No public institution is as political as the K-12 public schools. You do have a say, however. We will address that later. Stick with me. Anyway, back to gender identity taught in CSE. Keep in mind, every state, school district, and local school is different. Why? Well, because school district boards set policy, and they ultimately decide what is taught to your child. 
If that's not working for you, it's time to change your board representation. Parents' Rights in Education advocates for parental rights to opt out of any and all transgender conditioning your child may be exposed to while in the care of his or her school. Remember our last episode? I reported doctors across the spectrum confirm 80 to 95% of children diagnosed with gender dysphoria when allowed to develop normally eventually identify with their biological sex. But children who are educationally misguided and subjected to transitioning treatments such as puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones almost always go on to live as transgender adults. Here comes the state government. The Oregon Health Evidence Review Commission, or HERC, an unelected, unaccountable committee appointed by Governor John Kitzhaber, voted 8-2 to two to allow children as young as 15, without regard for possible long-term consequences, to undergo transgender conditioning, including hormone replacement and genital mutilation, without parents' knowledge or consent. Oregon students age 15 can request referrals through local school-based health clinics. Treatment covered by the Oregon Health Authority is available for minors at taxpayer expense without knowledge or permission from parents, interfering with parental rights as primary decision makers for their child's health and education. Just a reminder The Federal Food and Drug Administration has not approved pediatric hormone blocking, a relatively new practice first introduced in the United States in 2007. Even though giving cross-sex hormones like estrogen to a boy is also not FDA-approved, these so-called hormone treatments are now offered in Planned Parenthood clinics. Sex change transitioning for minors is the new popular thing, now promoted in schools, beginning in kindergarten, promoting risky medical procedures for minors, often without parental involvement. Celebrations of grade school student transitioning, like the third grader in West Lynn, Oregon, are becoming common. If the parent chooses, soon this 8-year-old boy will be given hormone blockers to avoid going through natural puberty to become a man. The treatment is irreversible. Let me share the story with you. This account, shared with parents' rights and education, although sufficient to cause alarm, is somewhat incomplete as parents, students, and teachers are hesitant to share information. Teachers are afraid for their jobs. Parents fear their families will be marginalized and their children discriminated against if they express opposition. For this reason, we decided to share what we know because teaching false information to minors has gone way too far. A Stafford third grade student arrived at school last spring to a big welcome and celebration party from not only the third grade students, but teachers wearing matching t-shirts adorned with unicorns and the following message, B-U-T-F-U-L. Did the child recover from cancer or survive a dangerous accident? No, he decided to become she 
We believe parents were notified the afternoon prior to the child coming out. It was too late to make arrangements to stay home the next day or sit with your child and have a talk. By way of making a proper announcement in honor of the decision, name, and pronoun change, the school went into overdrive. Outside counselors visited classrooms to prepare the students and staff for the coming out. After all, it was their first. While the student of interest remained home from school, everyone was abuzz practicing the pronoun and name, lest they be suspended or admonished for calling on the child erroneously. The next day was the big one. The principal threw a party with the kids and a few of her friends in the office. Parents of student party guests were not told their individual children were included in advance. To follow up, school administrators hosted a mandatory in-service day, requiring an entire school day devoted to training teachers, counselors, and staff and students how to properly handle this delicate situation. To our understanding, there was no discussion of alternative approaches, only to celebrate the student's transition. How much did this elaborate training cost? It was a lost day of regular instruction for students and salaries for those who led the training and those who took it. Wait, we've been told that the Oregon school year is among the shortest in the country anyway. Tolerance has now been replaced with celebration. What's wrong with that? Oh, parties are fun, and kids, especially nine-year-olds, will drop anything for cake and punch. What third grader wouldn't want attention like that? That's exactly the problem. According to the First Amendment Establishment Clause, the role of government is to remain neutral, unbiased. Is it the role of a school to proselytize minors to celebrate and possibly consider gender transitioning? By creating a friendly atmosphere surrounding one student's decision to change his sex, the rest of the students were influenced to think this is normal, natural, and a positive option. Actually, students are taught that sex change is normal, natural, and a positive option. Did Stafford grade school practice unbiased neutrality? This is unacceptable, a blatant violation of parental authority and a disrespectful of family values held by most. While families universally struggle to stay together, parents juggle work and child rearing, identity theft of a new order has crept into the public school to rob our children. While one child and parent feel no loss, we would argue the rest of the kids' exposure to the scene and obligation to go along, or else, is the real theft, loss of innocence, loss of pride in male or femaleness, loss of security in who they will become. The focus is all about making a safe space for one. What about the overwhelming majority who are impacted by the celebration of what is considered medically and psychologically dangerous, risky, and wrong. It's gone too far. If you are wondering if teaching this ideology to young children can lead to gender confusion, the answer is decidedly yes. Just ask Walt Heyer, who lived as a transgender or a cross-sexual woman for eight years. Growing up in Los Angeles, Walt had a tough but bearable start in life with a strict mother and a part-time policeman father. 
living in the shadow of a brainiac brother. When Walt was five, everything changed. This is what he says. It was then my grandmother, when I was being babysat by her, started dressing me in female clothing. She even made me a purple chiffon evening dress. And when Dad found out what Grandma had been doing and dressing me up like a girl, it did change everything. Walt is the keynote speaker at the Safe School Summit, sponsored by PRE. Schools better think twice as public school counselors and teachers are taking it upon themselves to talk to your children about changing their gender. Parents are on to the violation of trust, and some are taking legal action. Like Woodburn, Oregon parents, who filed a lawsuit accusing a school district of negligence, false imprisonment, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Their eight-year-old son was held back from recess multiple times for one-on-one conversations about his gender identity, and parents had no idea. The mother and father in Woodburn are now suing the school district for nearly a million dollars after they say a second-grade teacher singled out their son by asking him if he was transgender. The parents say the teacher had inappropriate conversations with the child at school without their permission. To protect their son's privacy, the parents are not sharing their identity. He feels different now. He feels confused. To hear your son say that on a couch talking to a therapist, holding back tears, it's very heartbreaking, said the mother. The parents say they want to shine a light on secret lessons they claim were taking place at Nellie Mirror Elementary School. She should have notified us if that was the case, if he did say he felt like a girl, said the boy's father. The parents said the teacher asked their son if he thought he was a girl multiple times. They say the teacher held the boy back from recess several times to watch videos and read books about being transgender. The parents say the teacher got those materials from one of her transgender friends. They had no idea these conversations were taking place in April of 2018. The mother says she found out when her son bought home one of the books from school. He came home Friday with the books in his backpack. The book cover of Who Are You? features an illustration of grade school children playing under a tree and one on a swing. The first page featuring children coloring rainbow on the ground says, quote, the important thing to remember is that you are the one who knows best. When babies are born, people ask, boy or girl? Babies can't talk, so grown-ups make a guess by looking at their bodies. This is the name assigned to you at birth, male or female. Sometimes people get this confused with gender, but gender is much more than the body you were born with, unquote, with, unquote. The parents say this all started when their son began using the staff restroom because of a stomach problem. Their son was uncomfortable using the boy's bathroom because of his medical condition. However, they believe the teacher assumed that their son was uncomfortable because he was transgender. Still today, a year later, if he plays with my niece, he's a girl in that moment. If he plays with my nephew, he's a boy, 
said the mother. The mother says her son was left confused and hurt after being singled out. Now a year later, the nine-year-old is taking anxiety med medication and going to therapy. The family says the boy's confusion and emotional distress has also affected the entire family. The father says he's suffering from panic attacks, and the mother says she's now on medical leave, suffering from anxiety and depression and staying home from work. He can be whatever he wants. I don't care what he is. I just want him to be my happy son, and I feel like she messed that up, says the dad. It frustrates me that my son can be influenced that drastically and nothing be done about it. They just wanted to sweep it under the rug. The parents say the teacher still works at the school. In May of 2018, the school sent out a letter. In part, it states that evidence was found that the teacher did pull the student from the regular school activities, shared potentially controversial materials with the student, and discussed gender identity without parents' notification. Why am I sharing these stories with you? Our goal is to inform you of truth and the reality and equip you with your rights. Your children are impressionable. They trust their teachers. We want to trust them too. And many can be trusted. The overriding theme is parents are the last to know. Often school officials, as I have previously reported, are purposely avoiding parent notification. Do not abdicate your responsibility by acquiescing to this grab for your children. We want all parents to be aware of the messages your children are receiving from school officials, counselors, and teachers. Do your homework. Don't take the word of one individual. We have opt-out forms on our website. Put opt-out in the search bar. Fill these forms out one for each child, and hand-carry them to your school. Opt out of instruction, opt out of outside speakers, field trips, counseling, medical services, and on-campus clubs. I am Suzanne Gallagher, and this is Parents' Rights Now. Don't forget to register for the Northwest Safe Schools Summit. Featuring Walt Heyer, Heidi St. John, Todd Herman, Bernadette Royals Esquire, and Rebecca Friedrichs. The date is Saturday, October 3rd, Shiloh Inn, Portland, Oregon Airport. Check out events on our website. Parents' Rights in Education is a tax-deductible, non-profit organization. We rely solely on your contributions. Help stop sexualization of our students in public schools. Together, we can do this. See you next time to learn more about parents' rights now.